Happy New Year. I started the new year with a cold, but I'm a lot better now. So good good for us. We can start up again. Uh, the Washington Post has cut up, come up with a list of stuff we should be thankful for during 2023. You'll be absolutely shocked to hear that it is a really stupid list. And the Republicans have every opportunity to take over the country this year. Uh, the problem is they're working really hard to lose it. Enter Mike DeWine of Ohio. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. I hope you had a great New Year's, great Christmas. Uh, this is one of the unfortunate things of taking off two weeks is that, oh my gosh, there is so much to talk about. Right now, we're waiting for a list of from Epstein, it just... Today, this list of who went to Epstein Island is about to come out. Now, surprisingly, what a shocker, one of the people named is Donald Trump. And I'm just sitting back and I'm thinking to myself, well, that would figure. You know, Donald Trump, who basically kicked Epstein out of Mar-a-Lago, and this is recorded, suddenly he's, the government decides to release uh, Epstein's list and Trump might be on the list. What a shocker, huh? So we'll, we'll have to see what that... I can't wait to see it. Right now, the one that is not surprising is Bill Clinton. Apparently, he's been there something like 36 times. Again, all of this is rumor. We have no idea until the list is actually released or the documents are released. We'll have to see what, what happens. Um, again, we're all waiting for it right now. It's 940 at this very moment, and we're just waiting for that list to come out. So an interesting thing this week weekend, uh, I was asked on Sunday what by my cousin. He asked me, or nephew, I guess he is. He asked me, okay, so what's your what is your New Year's resolution? And I thought this was an interesting question. And by the way, I gave I don't do New Year's resolutions. I don't, I gave up on them. And then I thought to myself, okay, wait a minute. I did enough in 2023 that was good, that I don't need to come up with a New Year's resolution in 2024. I'll just do my thing. That's it. So, I mean, what what happened? I got married, um, quit drinking, uh, moved into an apartment, um, trained my dog, started walking the dog, lost a ton of weight, gained it all back. But that maybe that'll be something I do in 2024, but whatever. But the fact of the matter is I did a lot of stuff during... Tw- I've got... I am very happy with what happened in 2023 in a personal standpoint. And then I thought about this. I go on Twitter, I read the news and things like this, and I just realized to myself, you know what? I'm so busy looking at Twitter, looking at these these bubbles called Twitter, the news and things like this. I just realized, you know what? I, you know... If I was going to do something, I'd back away from that stuff. Go, you know, and not quit that stuff, but actually just do it a lot less because everything is so negative and it is not the reality. For example, when Joe Biden sits there and says the economy is great, well, that's not reality. We already know that's not reality. Well, same thing. Everything else that you see is not reality. So I think if I were going to have a resolution, and I don't, I am not declaring this, I just sit there and just take off social media more than before. Oh, that's another thing I did all year. Read a lot. I've read 52 books this year. That was phenomenal for me. I swore I would start reading, and I did that this year. So I'll continue to do that. So as far as the resolutions go, screw it. I'm not going to do that stuff. So if you picked a resolution, you're going to get that uh, gym membership that you've been waiting for. Please don't. Just don't get the gym membership. Don't do it. Because then when I go to the gym, it'll be crowded for the first month. And then when you guys start quitting, then it'll be nice to go to the gym. But if you decide to do that, good for you. Just don't do the gym membership thing. Okay, let's get to our dumbass of the day. Okay, so let's start the New Year right with the true dumbass of the day, and it can be no other 
than Joe Biden. So Joe Biden, again, took another week vacation in the Virgin Islands. That brings his total to 40% of his presidency has been on vacation. I don't know if he's back. My understanding is he's not back yet. So we'll have to see if he's coming back this week or not. But one of the things he's got to do to be president again is not look demented, not look like he's old. Make some sense. Stop BSing the whole country. And the first thing he did, he was asked by Ryan Seacrest, what good things we have to remember for this year? You know, what good things has happened this year that we should be celebrating? And he just starts rambling on. Now, this was, I didn't see this live because I don't watch ABC, but when you see the when you see the clip and you see Jill Biden, she looks like she's just oh my god, Joe, shut up. Because he starts going off on a tangent which makes absolutely no sense. So let let's listen to him. As you look back and reflect on twenty twenty three, what sort of, of memories highlights stand out for you? Well, one of the big highlights stands out for me is my dad used to have an expression. He'd say, Joey, a job's about a lot more than the paycheck. It's about your dignity. It's about respect. So many people through the Midwest and, and in the center of the country, their, their factories are shipped overseas the last couple of times out, and, and they were losing hope and faith. So we brought a lot of jobs back to the United States. People are in a position to be able to make a living now, and uh, they've created a lot of jobs, over 14 million. And uh, I guess when I'm, I, I just feel good that the American people got up. They've been through a rough time with pandemic, but now we're coming back. They're back. So the rambling on this guy is absolutely, I mean, he almost completely lost it. And I'm wondering if Jill kicked him in the middle of that. But at the end, he came up. He tried to save himself. You know, we created 14 million. Of course, he didn't create 14 million jobs. Most of the jobs that were created were just recovered from the, was just recovered from the pandemic. I mean, it's not, the job thing is, I've talked about the job thing every time a jobs report comes out. um, Jobs, the country is stagnant. People are working, more people are working two jobs or three jobs today than ever before. My stepdaughter works two jobs. I mean, and she counts twice as someone who's working. So, the whole jobs thing is not a thing, but he's always going into to make himself look like he's a regular guy. Hey, Joey, uh, have dignity, have self-respect. Joe Biden is not a regular guy. He's been a politician for 50 freaking years. He's a corrupt old man, and he's dement- he's got dementia. He, he can't seem to answer a question. You know somebody was just knocking him, basically taking a shock probe and hitting him to wake him up, to kick him into second gear. But he just keeps rambling. The only real tragedy about New Year's night was we didn't get to hear Kamala Harris say anything. Apparently, she hit away or something. So, you know, that's too bad. It would have been nice if we could have had two dumbasses of the day. And by the way, there was there was enough re- there were a lot of dumb. I mean, CNN decided to to show a video uh, at when the ball dropped of two men kissing, which was really kind of gross. And a lot of people were saying yeah, that's kind of gross. Why would you do that? And now they're screaming, "Yo, Republicans pounce." You got Green Day changing their changing the lyrics of "American Idiot" to um, to reflect that they hate Donald Trump and the whole MAGA movement and all that stuff. Which, by the way, all this stuff this is what's going to happen the entire year. Everything the entire year is going to be election, election, election. America bad. Donald Trump evil. Satan. Uh, Hitler. Whatever. All of this is go- is going to be the thing for this year. So, and and you just saw it. You saw it on uh, New Year's night. I, it was just being reflected. New Year's night. New Year's night is going to be exactly what it's going to be like for the rest of the year. Now, the Washington Post. I, I guess 
I will give them this. At least they were positive. They released a list of um, all the things there were to be thankful for for the for the year 2023. And let's be honest, 2023. If you look at it politically, you look at it economically, you look at it via foreign policy, wasn't a great year. If you look at it personally, for me, it was a good year. I had a good year. But the Washington Post had some things to be thankful about. And um, it was a really, it was it 23 things to be thankful for. And I read this list and I was just like, you got to be kidding me. This is the best you could come up with. You know, here's the thing with New Year's Day, with New Year's, it comes around the same time every year. So, around the same time every year. So you had a full year to prep this list, and this is the best you came you came up with. So let's take a look at this. So here I'm just gonna go. I I, I think I have like 10, 15 of the 23, because I thought they were too funny just to let go. So here we go. Now, the first one that I selected, uh, egg prices are back to two dozen to two dollars a dozen. And they write. Remember Eggmania when prices soared over $4? In California, prices were $7. Well, inflation cooled and the avian flu receded. The eggs are affordable again. You've got to be kidding me. So eggs didn't go down in price, mind you. And matter of fact, eggs are still high in price. They're still a good 60, 60 cents, 80 cents above what they were when Biden took over. But at least they're not $7 or $4 a gallon. This is the same thing they do with gas prices. For example, Joe Biden before the new year was celebrating the fact that gas prices were at 450, 460 a gallon. That's what they are in my neck of the neighborhood. I mean, they were $6 a gallon at the end of July. So they've gone down the $4.60 a gallon now. That's great. They he never mentions, by the way, this moving of the baseline thing. He never mentions the gas prices were 240 when he took over the presidency. So gas prices are actually double what they were. But they, and this is what, be thankful that eggs are not seven. How about this? I'm not thankful that eggs aren't $7 a, a dozen. I'm not thankful that gas is $4.50. I am pissed off that eggs are $2 because they used to be a buck 49, a buck 29. I'm actually pissed off about it, but there, this is the this is the gaslighting that they do. Oh, they were seven. Well, okay, but they're still two. <coughs> the next one, I love this one. The gender pay gap hit an all-time low. I, I the American women working full-time still earn just eighty-four cents of every one-dollar men earn. Okay, um, that is a bullshit statistic that was debunked back in the nineteen eighties. Thomas Sowell, a black man, debunked that back in the 1980s. This is a, a matter of fact, his video is still online. You can watch it. I'll post it. Maybe I'll go find it and I'll, I'll post it. But up from 78 cents a decade ago, women surged back into the labor force after the pandemic and into higher paying jobs. So essentially what's happening is CEOs are not going to the most qualified. That's the part of DEI. It's going to woman. They say we have to hire a woman. And we see how that worked out for Bud Light. That didn't work out too well. We see how that's working out for Disney. That didn't work out too well. So they're just hiring everybody else. Now, there are lots of reasons why there's a gap between men and women in pay. And it's not because we hate women. Here's the reality. The market loves women. If The market would love it if women earned 84 cents to the dollar. They would love it. In fact, they would hire nothing but women if women were paid 84 cents to the dollar. It's a stupid, it's a stupid, stupid statement. You should want capitalism if that's the case. But the fact is, women are not earning 84 cents on the dollar. They're earning the same as men. And they're earning, in a lot of cases, they're earning more than men. That is a reality. Where do they come up with the 84 cents to the dollar? Well, it's the jobs women take. Women, on average, take jobs like teaching. Teaching doesn't pay a lot. 
Men, on the other hand, engineering, take engineering. A lot of the dangerous jobs that pay a lot. For example, changing the light bulbs on those towers that are 12,000 feet in the air. That's done by men. Women don't do that. How about cleaning the windows on skyscrapers? Don't see a lot of women doing that. How about oil rigging or mining? You don't see any women doing that. Those are higher paying jobs. The reality is women don't do that, so they take the lower paying jobs. Women also, about 85% of women also don't work full time their entire careers. They get pregnant, they have children, and they end up taking off of work. Men, on the other hand, their entire careers are spent working. So they don't take nine months off because they're having a baby. That's not a bad thing. I would love women to take off and, and have babies and then stay at home and take care of their baby and then enter the workforce when they get the chance. But you can't sit there and say, well, that's not, a, that's not an aspect as to why women are pay less. I mean, if you take a year off or two years off, yeah, you're going to come back and you're going to have to work your way back up. Men, on the other hand, they start working their way up and they never leave. So this whole pay gap thing is crap. And this saying that women are now earning more, and by the way, it's not 84 cents to the dollar. That's just not true. Women, on average, actually start earning more money than men. So this is this is crap. Uh, I will find that Thomas Sowell episode, and I'll actually play the whole thing for you in the podcast, because it's really interesting. So the next one is the, the hole in the ozone layer is shrinking. Okay, um... <laughs> Again, this is part of that climate change cult issue that no one talks about much, except people that just sit there and say, well, there's climate change, but it's not as bad as you guys make it. And uh, a lot of the stuff you're showing us happens anyway. Um, the hole in the ozone layer isn't shrinking. The hole in the ozone layer fluctuates. It does it every winter. It gets smaller every winter. And it gets bigger every summer. Right now, the ozone layer in the southern hemisphere is getting bigger. Whereas in the northern hemisphere, it's getting smaller. Why? Because it's winter in the northern hemisphere. There's not as much sun. And it's summer in the southern hemisphere where there's a lot more sun. You know what's going to happen? Get this. This is bizarre. This is bizarre. But in June... And July and August, the ozone layer over us is going to get bigger. And it's going to shrink in the southern hemisphere. They don't tell you that. That's just what it does. And then we can hear them freak out that it got bigger in June or July. And there's also another thing that they don't talk about. Um, one of the reasons the ozone layer is shrinking is because of the Tomba earthquake back in 2021. Uh, earthquake, excuse me, volcano back in 2021. It ejected 13% more water vapor into the air. So there's 13% more, percent more water vapor in the air actually blocking the sun. So the ozone layer is only part of it. The ozone layer is actually being stuck with that water vapor that's going to be there for about two years, two more years. California, they sat back, and this is another one, California. The drought is over in California. Well, the drought is over in California because the Tomba air, um, volcano released 13, 10 to 13% more water vapor in the air, and now it's raining more. I, NASA, I didn't make this up. We talked about this earlier. NASA said this. California, it's going to be raining a lot in the next few months. It's, it's supposed to, we're supposed to get a storm on Wednesday. So, of course, that doesn't stop California from, you know, raising the water prices. They're going to do that because here's the thing with California. If there's a drought, they raise the water prices because there's not enough water. Uh, forget the fact that we have an ocean. For me, it's about 15 feet from me. And we could actually convert that water into usable irrigation water. We don't talk about that. I mean, Saudi Arabia does that. But we can't, you know, Saudi Arabia, they're fascists or whatever. Um, 
but when we have a drought, they raise water prices because we have no water. When we have too much water, they raise water prices because we don't, uh, the facilities that are needed to store the water need to be updated. This happens every time. We have storms, we need to raise water prices. We have a drought, we need to raise water prices. It's kind of like if we have storms, that's proof of climate change. If we have droughts, it's proof of climate change. You can't get around it. So this this article actually brings that up, that the, the, the um, drought is over in California. Well, California is actually raising the water prices on the farmers in central California because of the irrigation systems. So, you know, California is doing what California does. And then you wonder why they're $68 billion in debt. Okay, so climate change, of course, they had to bring up climate change, the ozone layer, California's droughts ending, blah, blah, blah. Um, it sure got, here's the next one, it sure got close, but Congress reached a compromise on the new debt ceiling and a 2024 budget to avoid a partial government shutdown for now. I, I you know, I think we really overdo this government shutdown thing. I, I really don't care that this government stayed up. I don't see it as good news or bad news. Do you really think the government shutting down would have changed the world? I mean, the previous two government shutdowns didn't change anything. You couldn't walk up to the you couldn't walk up to the Lincoln Memorial because Obama decided to close it. But outside of that, did anyone notice the government shutdown? Everyone got their checks. The military got paid. The buses continued to run. I'm not exactly sure what a government shutdown would have. Okay, so the incompetent people in government weren't getting paid? And and by the way, this is the other thing. The institutions, um, the bureaucrats in Washington, well, they're not getting paid. I don't care. Go get a real job. I would like to see all these bureaucracies crash. I want to see them destroyed. The IRS, the CIA, the FBI, the the Homeland Security, all of these stupid bureaucracies, the EPA, my God, what a worthless bureaucracy. I want to see them all gone. They're worthless. Destroy them, build them up again. As a matter of fact, that's one of the things I would do if I was going to change the Constitution. I would make these worthless bureaucracies prove that they're worth anything. So no, I do not thank the God, the Lord in 2023 for the fact that we avoided a government shutdown. I, I think a government shutdown would have been kind of nice. Okay, what's next? Oh, this is great. The pandemic officially ended on May 5th. The pandemic, oh, the world, that was the day the World Health Organization said it no longer classifies the coronavirus as a global public emergency. Phew. That's the the Washington Post. Can can I can I give you a um, little hint? Um, the pandemic ended for a lot of us in 2020. You guys deciding to say the pandemic is over. The and here's the thing: the reason they decided to say the pandemic was over is because no one was paying attention to it anyway. Everyone just oh you know, yeah, we're in a pandemic. Pandemic. I mean, because the first half of the year, that's what they were talking about. Remember Joe Biden in 2022 basically said we're going to go through a summer of death and the the pandemic's not over and he moved the pandemic date and no one listened to him. No one's wearing masks. No one is staying indoors. Everyone using Zoom is using Zoom because they just don't want to go to work because they're lazy. Yeah, the pandemic was over way before May 5th, just because the World Health Organization, who's in the pocket of China, decides to say it's over doesn't mean that all of us, we stopped listening to World Health Organization two years ago. We stopped listening to the CDC and Tony Fauci two years ago. So these guys can talk. Little late to the show here. Okay, the next thing they're, they're thrilled about, CRISPR gene edi- editing treatments are here. In December, the Food and Drug Administration approved the first commercially available treatment in the United States based on the promising gene editing technique 
This one will be used to treat sickle cell disease, but researchers will likely use CRISPR to fight a plethora of illnesses. This is not something to celebrate. This is an ethical disaster. Man is too close to acting like God. I understand treating sickle cell disease, that sounds like a great thing. Treating Down syndrome, that sounds like a great thing. But that's not what this is going to be used for. And a majority of this is not going to be used for that. It's going to be used for making your child blonde, making the child's eye color blue. It's going to be used for changing the sex of the baby, make it a boy or make it a girl. This is the disaster that is a man trying to discover treatments that really it shouldn't be touching. So I don't think this is a good thing. I think that when I heard this and they said, oh, we're going to treat sickle cell. Yeah, uh-huh. What else are you going to be treating? I guarantee it's not going to be sickle cell. So I don't think this is a good thing. This is once again, um, man playing God, and it really just needs to stay out of it. Taylor Swift and Beyonce were everywhere, and it was great for the nation. The National Football... What? The National Football League and the economy. Beyonce made everyone want to wear silver. And Miss Swift literally made gra- the ground shake. Um, huh? Beyonce and Taylor Swift? Yeah, Taylor Swift is a disaster for the Super Bowl. And how did they help the economy? I mean, they sing. And I got to be honest with you, neither of them are all that talented. Taylor Swift, I couldn't name one of her songs. They're, they're hacks. And Beyonce, I mean, she's been everywhere. Where has she been? I don't recall seeing anything with Beyonce in the last year. Again, uh, Taylor Swift is destroying football. I, again, I watched uh, the Chiefs play this week, and they had her every four minutes showing her every time. Kelsey did nothing this week, so they didn't show her that much. But they had her online. It's just like, again, it's a feminization of football. It's That's what it is. It's a feminization, feminization of the NFL. And it's annoying for the average football fan, and I don't know any football fans that watch this. Even Josie, when my wife, when she watches, she starts laughing whenever they show her on, on television. Why is she there? What's she cheering? I don't know what she's cheering. She doesn't know what she's cheering about. She's an idiot. <clears throat> okay, here we go. I actually think this is a good one. Kip uh, Kelvin Kiptum ran a two-hour marathon. The Kenyan runner set a new official record, just two hours and 35 seconds, at the Chicago Marathon in October. I actually think that's a great story. I, I think that is neat. I can't wait for someone to break the two-hour marathon. And it really just shows you, you know, there are no limits to human beings. Here's another one. President Biden and Xi Jinping met face-to-face. It was the handshake scene around the world. Leaders of the two biggest powers met in San Francisco in November and made small breakthroughs. They won't be friends, but they look like colleagues. Okay, first off, first off, the biggest story about the meeting between Ping and Biden in November was the fact that San Francisco got rid of their homeless for a communist tyrant to come into town and see how beautiful San Francisco is. That was really the big news. There was absolutely nothing accomplished in that meeting. Yes, they got a picture handshaking. And basically everyone was saying, well, now Xi Jinping is shaking the hand of his best employee, Joe Biden, because Xi Jinping has given Joe Biden tens of millions of dollars through his son over the last decade. And we know this, by the way. Yes, I know there's no evidence. There's tons of evidence of it. It's all on that laptop. Emails, text, audio, video. We, we got it all. It's there. So that, it, and Xi Jinping went over there and basically told Biden what to do. This was a lapdog moment for Joe Biden. This did not make him look good. There were no agreements made. 
nothing was accomplished. If you type in accomplishments during the China, during the China United States meeting in San Francisco, there'll be no articles because nothing happened. Small little breakthroughs. What the frick is she talking about? Oh, this is a good one. Another climate change thing. Climate conscious eating took off. Diners are increasingly looking for ways to make meals that are good for the body and the planet. Call them climatarians and climavores. Um, no, this isn't happening. Maybe it's happening some places in California. San Francisco, maybe? I haven't seen anything where everyone, anyone is eating crickets. That's just not happening. As a matter of fact, a lot of people, and I'm not talking even conservatives, people are making fun of all these idiots. Now, a lot of people might go to cheaper food sources because, let's say, in California, they're now paying fast food workers at McDonald's and Jack in a Box $20 an hour. So buying a Big Mac is not going to be affordable soon. And meat prices are way higher, so they might be going into the cheaper produce. But the reality is no one is going out of their way to eat crickets or beetles to, to save the environment. I, I don't know what she... And of course, that's that's the kicker here. They, they actually do give examples, but these are examples that only the paper points out. Okay, uh, this is the biggest... This is a propaganda piece right here. This is nothing but propaganda. We're going to be hearing about this for the next 11 months. The United States experienced an economic soft landing. Experts overwhelmingly predicted a recession in 2023. Instead, growth has picked up, inflation cooled dramatically, and the United States added over 2.5 million jobs. Um, this is pure propaganda, and none of it is true. We are heading towards a soft landing. We are at no soft landing. As a matter of fact, the experts that she's talking about, a lot of those experts are from the Fed. They're, they're, they're Janet Yellen saying that crap. Um, the Fed actually doesn't know what to do right now. They're thinking to themselves, well, if we lower interest rates, that's going to spur the economy on, and then inflation is going to go up. But if we raise the infl in inflation, we raise the interest rates, we're going to end up in a housing crash, which is coming. And, uh, and um, people are going to get unemployed. Here's, here's the absolute reality of the situation. The stock market is on fire right now. A lot of stockbrokers, including the guy from the Wolf and Wall Street saying, this is going to correct, and it's going to correct big. The stock market is going to crash. It can't go that high. The economy just doesn't, isn't that strong to be able to do that. Interest inflation, it's gone down. I mean, this is one of those things where, you know, the gas, you know, the, the, the price of eggs thing. Uh, inflation is down. Yes, three three and a half percent. Good. But that's because it was at 10% at one point. And this is year-over-year year inflation. It's still at 3.5%. So everything has gone up another 3.5%. Since Biden took over, inflation has increased the prices on everything by 20%. And what's scary is that crap ain't going to go down. That is built into the economy now. So what when you were paying... Two ninety nine for a pound for ground beef, and you're now paying four dollars for ground beef, and that's actually BS. It's it's closer to five six a pound for ground beef, and that's going to stay. That's not going anywhere. This crap about inflation and soft landing, we're not at a soft landing. We're looking at, if anything, we're looking at a depression. I'm sorry, the, all this stuff is way too volatile. The stock market can't go up that high without correcting itself. And a lot of experts are saying it's going to correct, it's going to overcorrect, and we could be looking at a huge crash. I don't think we're safe here, is what I'm saying. I don't think we're going to see any soft landing. 
seeing the Fed not know what to do tells me we're not going to see a soft landing because they really don't know what to do right now. And we still see, I haven't seen the job numbers. We still haven't seen the reports about spending. Spending looks like it probably was a little bit higher this year during Christmas, but we still haven't seen any of those results. So we'll see. Gymnast Simone Biles is back and better than ever. Often considered the GOAT, the greatest of all time, Miss Biles dominated the 2023 World Championships, became the most decorated gymnast ever, and even got a new vault named after her, the Biles II, that is so hard almost no one else, male or female, can do it. Now, if you don't know why I selected this to actually show, it's because this is the stupidity that this that, that we're supposed to celebrate. Biles skipped out on her teammates in the last Summer Olympics. Skipped out. I have mental health problems. And instead of balling up and actually competing to help her team, to be a teammate, she just dropped out of the Olympics. And her team ended up losing. This is no hero. She's a bum. And people keep giving her money for it. And she has no heart. She's a narcissist. She's a terrible human being. Effer. And I'm not celebrating that she's going to be making millions in the Olympics. And if she does poorly, then she's going to have another mental health crisis. Effer. Okay. Uh, the banking crisis was avoided. Timely and well-designed federal intervention contained Silicon Valley Bank's dramatic collapse. Okay, um, the banking crisis was avoided. I know, I know that uh, the government is going to try and take to to make this into a positive. Um, it wasn't really avoided. You just had a lot of banks, big banks, buy up little banks, and you had the government take taxpayer money and save these banks. And the reason these banks went bad in the first place is all of that DEI crap that the government supports. Yeah, they implemented it, made really bad investments based on DEI, and then had no money to show for it, and then people went to take their money out. The banking crisis was really bad investing, and basically it made little banks into big banks. That's all it did. I don't think this was a good... And now, I wasn't all that panicky about the banking crisis anyway, because my money isn't in a small bank. But this this is the problem with little banks and with this entire DEI thing. And to be honest with you, I'm not completely clear that the banking crisis is over. Maybe, I mean, what do we lose, 13 banks? I don't know if this, this is not going to happen again. Especially when bonds and all that stuff is dropping like a rock and the government is reissuing bonds. I, who's to say this isn't going to come back? Here we go, another one. Americans are traveling again. The year saw the number of air passengers, both domestically and worldwide, top pre-pandemic levels, and the holiday season is on track to be the second highest for travel ever. Let the adventures begin. Well, um, that's true. People are traveling again because you didn't make it illegal to travel. So the fact that we're traveling again is basically your fault. You're the ones who told us, the government is ones, and this newspaper, by the way, are the ones that told us we weren't allowed to travel because we would be killing grandma because of the pandemic. And before we get all excited about traveling, um, fuel is up, plane tickets are up, train tickets are up, and um, air traffic is a disaster right now. If you go to a, if you actually go to an airport, you're guaranteed to be two hours late. I mean, that's how it is. You're just waiting. Everything's delayed. It happened again this year during, uh, matter of fact, today, I can't even imagine what the airports are like because everyone's coming home. But so far, traveling has been a nightmare. And then if you want to go to Vegas or you want to do whatever, yeah, you are paying $5 a gallon for gas. So there's that. Or you have to pay, you know, whatever, stop 50 times to charge your electric car while you're traveling. So, yeah, I don't know where the positive positive 
aspects. I don't know what the positive aspects of people are traveling. Um, Pete, Pete Buttigieg before Christmas was complaining that, oh no, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Yeah. Okay, let's get to uh, our last story. And maybe we're going to do this story tomorrow. No, we'll do this. We'll do this story now. Um, you know, Republicans really have an opportunity. They have they have a real opportunity. They can take over all of Congress. They can take over the House. They can take over the Senate, and they can take over the presidency. That's because Democrats have effed up practically everything there is to eff up. They already have control of the Supreme Court, which is why it's really important the Repu- a Republican win the presidency. That's the most important part. I see. Unlike everyone else, I'm not worried about democracy ending in 2024. I, I'm I'm really not. I think the Republicans are going to take the Senate. They're going to take the House. Uh, I think they're going to increase that. I think they're probably going to take the presidency. So, but anyway, I don't think Democrats are going to be ruling the world. I'd like to see some bureaucracies being torn down, which is why I really want Donald Trump to win. But outside of that, I think the world will continue. Here's the problem. Republicans suck. They do. That's why I'm not a registered Republican. I am a complete independent. I'm registered independent. I'll vote for whoever I feel like voting for, which is usually me because I hate everybody. So I vote for me whenever I go to the voting booth. Republicans do not have the balls to stand on their their ground. They don't have the balls to stand on abortion. They don't have the balls to stand on not transing the kids. They don't have the balls to stand on. You know what? Do this. Make a commitment to something. Make a commitment. You're anti-abortion. If someone asks, are you pro or anti? I'm anti-abortion. I think you shouldn't have an abortion. The second conception happens. You, You can say that. Have some balls. Take a stand. It looks good. The transing of the kid thing is the same thing. And that's why Republicans lose. They look wishy-washy. They look whiny. They look cowardly. Enter Mike DeWine, the Ohio governor. According to ABC News, Ohio Governor Mike DeWine has vetoed the Ohio House Bill 68, which is a compromise of two acts, the Save Adolescents from Experimentation Act, which would ban transgender minors from receiving gender-affirming medical care, and the Save the Woman Sports Act, which would prevent transgender girls from taking part in girls' and women's sports. What a f- effing a-hole. I can't even tell you this guy is just a complete asshole. And I knew when this guy got elected, he was just going to be a, a whiny little bitch. And that's what he turned out to be. Yeah, I'm pretty passionate about it. Let's listen to this little... Let's listen to his... Uh, yeah, I almost cussed again. Let's listen to this little whiny bitch's uh, response as to why he vetoed this bill. Ultimately, I believe this is about protecting human life. Many parents have told me that their child would not have survived, would be dead today, if they had not received the treatment they received from one of Ohio's children's hospitals. I've also been told by those who are now grown adults that but for this care, they would have taken their life when they were teenagers. Parents are making decisions about the most precious thing in their life, their child. And none of us, none of us should underestimate the gravity and difficulty of those decisions. These are gut-wrenching decisions. These are gut-wrenching decisions that should be made by parents and should be informed by teams of doctors who are advising them. These are parents who have watched their child suffer, sometimes for years, and who have real concerns that their child may not survive to reach adulthood. While the child's care team informs their decisions, 
it is the parents who are living with that child who know their child better than anyone else in the world does. Were I to sign House Bill 68, or were House Bill 68 to become law, Ohio would be saying that the state, that the government, knows better what is medically best for a child than the two people who love that child the most, the parents. Therefore, I cannot sign this bill as it is currently written. And just a few minutes ago, I vetoed the bill. So in other words, um, this dumbass decided to listen to a bunch of LGBTQ activists and their BS talking points and decided to veto the bill because what? He didn't, he thought that these people would actually vote for the him after? Kids will commit suicide. This is a talking point that doesn't even make any sense. According to the DSM, the, the, it's a bullshit talking point. 40% of these kids that have gender dysphoria, 40% of the kids who actually do transition, take drugs, sterilize themselves, cut off their, their privates, 40% of them are still suicidal. 90%, this is all in the DSM, by the way, 90% of the kids that have gender dysphoria that have this, this confusion end up being unconfused by 17 or 18. And there is tons of evidence on this. Chloe Cole, for example, she's an example of this. She got her boobs cut off at 16 and at 17 sat there and said, why did I do that? And now she's suing the doctors. There are tons of examples. of. Now they're beginning to sue. The, the, the media hides these people. They hide these people. But now they're coming out because they're beginning to go to um, the courts and sue these doctors. They're suing them in Nashville. They're suing them in Florida. They're suing them in Texas. Here's the question I have. I would have said, instead of listening to the LGBTQ cultists, why didn't someone, he listen to somebody who is some reason? Why is it such a big deal that kids just wait till 18? They don't take drugs. They don't cut off their boobs. At 18, if you decide you want to do all that stuff, go for it. It's your problem. But maybe at 12, this is not the time for you to make your decision. And the other thing is, if I walk into the other room right now, and smack the living shit out of my stepdaughter, I will go to jail because it's child abuse. I gear, I will tell you right now, me smacking the crap out of my stepdaughter is still less than going out there and sterilizing her and cutting off her boobs. How is this not being seen as child abuse by parents? It's insane. Okay, well, the article continues. He announced that he agreed with several concerns from the legislature and will draft rules for gender-affirming care moving forward, including bans on surgeries for minors, reporting and data collection on those who received care, as well as restrictions on pop-up clinics that serve the transgender community. How about this? You stop it all, and then you figure it out and you loosen it up. It's the same thing with abortion. You know, we don't know if, if uh, a baby, if a fetus is a human being before birth. So if you don't know, maybe you should stop killing it. Stop having the abortions until you find out. Same thing here. Well, if we, 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 we can't, we do have to do some restriction. We'll restrict it all until you figure out what to restrict. Don't just allow kids to get their things cut off. At least 20 states have implemented blah, blah, blah. We don't care about that. We know. Ohio's bill could still go into effect if 60% of the state legislator votes to override the governor's veto. Okay, here's where we, we've got a chance. Maybe 
the state legislator can save everything. 60% is a lot, though. He announced a decision on, on the last 10 days he had to sign or strike down the bill once it reaches his desk. Using the time to speak to those who would be impacted by the restrictions on the transgender community. There is no transgender community. There's no such thing as trans people. They're not a community. Community. They're a bunch of activists that hate the country and they want to make us all gay. <coughs> when asked if he if he thought that the sports restrictions in the bill, uh, when asked if he thought uh, he had thoughts on the sports restrictions in the bill, which he probably doesn't because I don't think this guy thinks at all. DeWine said he, quote, focused on the part of the bill that I thought affected the most people and the most children by far, referring to the gender-affirming care portion of the bill. You know what? Here's the thing. You're a Republican. You say you, you give a damn about this stuff. You say this is an issue. I don't see him as a Republican. Now he's just, he's no better than a leftist. And I hope he loses the next election. And I don't care if he loses to a Democrat. What difference does it make? I mean, seriously, what difference does it make? You're doing the same thing. Here, here's the whole thing. A man is going into the MMA ring with a woman this week. And here's my question to you. Does a woman actually have to die before we realize that men should not be in the ring with women? And apparently so, if they're going to allow this fight to continue. This is what's happening in all sports. Volleyball is still considered a contact. Don't forget, a woman's volleyball career was ended by a man who spiked a ball into her head. It's, someone's got to die. And these people are too effing stupid to do anything about it. Republicans got to win. Rep Republicans want to win. They need to take stands. They need to sit there. I'm against abortion. Here's a new slush. I'm against abortion for rape and incest too. Yes, I am. Does that mean I'm going to go out and ban abortion? No. If the people don't want abortion banned, I'm not going to ban it. But I can hold that ground. I can hold the ground that a 12-year-old boy shouldn't have his penis cut off because his parents think that he's a girl. Or that we shouldn't be drugging kids with sterilizing drugs because they think they're the opposite sex. I can make that stand. I can make the stand that I'm not going to use pronouns that don't exist or don't apply to an individual because that individual wants me to. You can make these stands. And I guarantee you, if Republicans decide to make those stands, they will win. But they just are cowards. We'll talk about uh, a book I just read this tomorrow. Because I could go 10 minutes on that. We'll do that as the introduction tomorrow. I hope you guys have a great day. This is Gene. You've listened to Dumbasses Talk About Things.